This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, June the 4th, as we continue along and we still have no movement from Major League Baseball on a deal. We even have heard people saying there hasn't even been much dialogue the last few days. Yesterday, the owners officially deciding they will not accept the players' 114-game proposal and are talking about a shorter season. We've heard the 50-game thing floated out, and um, you know where I stand. I've talked about it all week. I don't need to talk more about how upset I am with everyone involved right now. Again, staunchly on the player side, but at the point where just the fact this has not been figured out is just insane to me we've talked about this look basketball is coming back looks like the nhl is on track to come back and baseball is languishing and it raises the question something we haven't talked about here uh, much but we talked about the wip midday show yesterday and i thought it was an interesting discussion and then uh, buster only had a really good piece which we'll get to in a little bit um, a couple days ago about this very thing and the idea of just how devastating would it be for baseball to not have a season in 2020. Because again, as you know, I have been optimistic that a season will happen. I, I'm of the cooler heads will prevail in the end type of way of thinking. But every day, every story makes it harder and harder to believe that, even though I still do. I, I've wavered far more than I have. And, I, and it's starting to seem like there are a lot of people who are wavering. We did a poll in the midday show, and two-thirds of the people thought there wouldn't be a season. And then yesterday... Um, discussing the idea, if there wasn't a season, how devastating would it be? And there are varied opinions. Um, Joe DeCamera was of the opinion, and I've seen many others say this. You know, Jack Fritz believes this, a few other people that I know, and I've see, heard other people say it, that people will always come back to baseball, that we've seen it before, we'll see it again. We saw it mo- you know, most notably and most recently with the 1994 strike in baseball, the steroid era. There are so many things where people have... have left baseball and come back or, or threatened to leave and come back, that baseball will always be okay. And you could also argue that, that they did lose people over that time, and there's a reason. It's part of the reason that baseball isn't quite the, the popular sport it used to be in the same level. It's still very popular. Um, but there are a lot of people who say that, who say, and look, I'm someone personally, me, just forgetting what anyone else would do or any other situation, me personally – I'm not going anywhere. Like, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. As upset and embarrassed for the sport and at the sport I would be if they aren't able to figure this out. I'm going to come back next year. I just will. I know myself. I know how much I love baseball. I know what it means to me. I'm going to come back. But I would be really angry, and I would be really upset, and I would feel embarrassed, but more so stepping out of my own shoes and and listening to what Jody Cameron had to say and the cars and Richie on the other side of it and all that. Um... 
when I really look inside myself and I look at the situation and I look at where this is at, what we've gone through already, I actually do think that not having a season would be devastating for baseball, for its future. I think that this is such a unique moment in history, obviously, as we know for so many reasons, but in terms of baseball, in terms of sports coming back, it's such a unique moment in history where um, America needs sports so badly. You know, we need that distraction. We need that sense of normalcy. We need just to know that we're back on the right track. And sports coming back is such a big deal right now. And, and with that backdrop, we have listened to major league owners and players, billionaires and millionaires, use the public, you know, the media to talk to the public, to openly argue and, and, and with animosity um, negotiate through the public about a return to play that is solely based on them not being able to come to an agreement on an economic level. People are already angry. There are people who called the show yesterday who said, I'm already done with baseball. This is dumb. I'm, I'm out. And I'm sure that they're not totally out right now yet. But I do think that if baseball, after spending this whole time putting us through this, you know, the ringer, as it were, with you know, this will they play, won't they play, that whole thing, um, after that, for them to ultimately not be able to come to a deal and create a situation where we have spent months now listening to them argue in public and, and making us hate them, essentially, for all intents and purposes, uh, and then actually didn't come to a deal and didn't play because of, of money? In this moment in time, with, with so many Americans going through so many horrible things, you know, 40-plus million out of work, you know, death, sadness, all this stuff, um, I just think it's it would be a crippling thing for baseball i've said before i think it's the worst thing to happen to the sport since 1919 if they do not play you know since the the integrity of the game was on the line that's a long time ago it was a very different sport back then a very different product back then i just think there'll be a lot of people who never forgive the sport and yes some people will come back who say they won't but i think there are enough options in the world now whether it's sports options you know football baseball basketball or football basketball hockey soccer all these other things um, there's enough options out there and enough ways to get those options, not to mention movies, TV, all that, so much stuff that there is. Um, I think baseball would lose people. I think there are people who say, I'm never forgiving this sport or, or I don't want to be a part of this or whatever. I legitimately think that'll happen. And I'm terrified. It's my favorite sport. I don't want to see it fade into oblivion. I don't want to see it become... No offense to the NHL, what the NHL is now, this fourth sport that just is not nearly as popular and just is what it is. I don't want to see that. You know what? Baseball is my favorite sport, and it is scary, and I think we're in a scary spot for baseball. Um, the only article I mentioned, I think Buster only really cuts the heart of a lot of this and also points out some other things, some other reasons why if they don't have a season it would be really bad. Let's dive in. The article, the title of the article pretty much tells you where only stands from the start, and, and like I said, it's a – where I'm leaning as well, the, the title of the article, it's not just the 2020 season at stake, but the future of Major League Baseball. A strong statement. The article begins. Many of the folks inside baseball, but outside of the Zoom labor negotiations, assume that, eventually, cooler heads will prevail in the talks between the owners and the players' union. Because they have to, right? Because the alternative 
no attempted restart of the baseball in 2020 because of a failure of the two sides to agree to terms bears catastrophic consequences now and in the sport's future. The leaders on both sides have to see that, right? That's my argument with this whole thing is that I'm where only is at. I think that there are catastrophic consequences if this doesn't happen. And as a result, people on both sides will come together and say, this can't happen. That's kind of where my head's been at. So he's kind of speaking right to me, but this is scary. It goes on. They have to understand this is the nuclear option uh, is no option at all, right? They have to understand how baseball might need a generation or two, decades, for some fans to forget or forgive this ill-timed squabble over money at a time when so many have lost jobs and increasingly struggle to meet the cost of shelter and food. Baseball owners and players can't be so deeply mired in distrust and doctrine that they don't see this, right? Look, again, that's where I'm at. I think that only is nailing this right here. Um, and I do think he's right that, that it will be a long time for certain fans to forgive or forget it. Like, I think it's the wrong time to be doing this, as we've said. The article goes on. But here we are. In a countdown to utter disaster for Major League Baseball, and sources of moderation on both sides are having difficulty identifying the path through which the parties will leave their respective bunkers to reach the agreement the industry must have, must in all italics. This is nerve-wracking stuff. Goes on. As distasteful as the terms might be for the owners and the players, they should all recognize that while concern over player sa- staff safety could ultimately prevent games from being played, they must settle the question of player compensation, whatever form it takes, and shake hands on the deal and smile for the cameras. Goes on. If that doesn't happen, and if they can't agree to a deal to play in 2020, baseball would become a loathed presence on the North American sporting landscape, scorned by many fans. The labor fight will merely be deferred with escalation in some form, all but assured because of the unresolved issues. Yeah, alluding to the fact that we're going to go through this again in 2021, but right now is a unique time. And I think that's what he's hitting on, is that, again, baseball will become a loathed presence. That is a strong sentence, strong words from Olney. It is very clear how important he thinks this is. Going on. Next spring, with only months remaining in the current collective bargaining agreement, the players are more apt to use the threat of a strike. Owners already damaged by the money losses this year could be more inclined to dig in and wait out the players, aiming for a lasting reconstruction of baseball's financial model. The labor fight could go on and on, and by the time it all plays out, it's impossible to know how many fans feeling alienated or disgusted will leave baseball behind once and for all. That's the thing, as we saw this with the 94 strike, they lost fans. McGuire and Sosa brought a lot back, but they lost fans. And this is this is a situation where, where now a unique situation where the hatred for the, the decision to not play would be so strong. But then again, we could have a strike next year, regardless of what happens now. Literally regardless, if they even if they play. So it is a precarious spot. The article goes on. The only sure thing is that the owners and players will lose unless they standle this settle this standoff that risks mutually assured destruction. This is so on point, and I, I hope everyone involved in the negotiations is reading this. He says, so they have to make a deal, right? The fractures between the lead negotiating groups led by Rob Manfred and Union Chief Tony Clark have developed into a gaping chasm of suspicion and frustration. This is a, a lot of strong words. 
But each side will also have to work through competing internal forces. Sources say there's a group of owners perfectly willing to shut down the season to slash payroll costs and reduce losses. And the disparate views among the 30 teams have been reflected in the decisions to fire and furlough. Pirates Bob Nutting, the owner of the Pirates, used the shutdown as an avenue to suspend team contributions to 401k plans. So, you know, that's something. Um, especially because it's probably not something, as, as he says, that will be difference-making for a team like that. The Oakland Athletics' John Fisher, worth $2 billion, decided to eliminate the $400 weekly salaries of minor leaguers. We talked about that. Um, on the other end, teams such as the club, uh, Tigers, Pirates, and Royals demonstrated greater humanity with the Royals especially deciding to pay their minor leaguers. The clash of clans on the players' side was illuminated this week by the Twitter spat between Trevor Bauer and Kyle Loesch, client of Scott Boris. After Bauer tweeted in so many words that Boris should butt out of the union business. Over the past two and a half months of social distancing, raw exchanges like these have me wondering how we are so technologically advanced yet seem unable to place a direct phone call. He goes on. He says, I know what you're thinking. Okay, Boomer, that's conversation stuff is so old school. But better communication will be needed to overcome the union's internal division to band baseball brothers together and present a united front that was once a reflex position among the players. It's interesting because we haven't talked a lot about discord among the players. There has been some, but it has been seemingly a more unified front. The labor relations scars of Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Glavin are well-earned from his time as a union frontman during the 94-95 strike. He has never had a sledgehammer personality, so the message he seemingly tried to impart in an interview with the Atlanta Constitutional Journal Constitution the other day was subtle, and indirect but hardened. He said, if it were to come down to an economic issue and that's the reason baseball didn't come back, you're looking at a simulation similar, a situation similar to the strike of 94-95 as far as fans are concerned. Even if the players were 100% justified in what they were complaining about, they're still going to look bad. And I would add to that that it would be way worse than the 94-95 strike because of the situation we are in. Uh, only says, keep in mind that the player's strike in 94-95 took place during a time of relative national prosperity. So he's what he's saying. No global pandemic record unemployment growing civil unrest. Looking back, Lavin said, the accessibility thing was a miscalculation on my part. I just felt like if I did an interview on radio or TV, if I had five or ten minutes, I could make somebody understand what was going on and come to our side. That just wasn't going to happen. From the early April interviews, Boris gave to statements released by Clark to Blake Snell's Twitch feed, it's as if there's been an effort to win a public relations fight. We've talked about that a ton. It seems like this whole argument, negotiation, is taking place in the public, which is a disaster. It goes on. If asked, and yes, the union would be well served to seek the counsel of Glavin, David Cohn, Todd Zeal, Johnny Bench, and others who helped construct the world's strongest union the current players inherited. Glavin would seemingly tell them, don't bother, you're not going to win in the court of public opinion. So there you go. Uh, perhaps old Union Warriors Don Fear and Gene Orza could offer useful reviews to the Players Association's current logjam. I thought about that, actually. I thought about Don Fear. He's, he's doing stuff at the NHL right now. Like, Get Don Fear involved. Given their knowledge of the baseball landscape and the decades-old understanding of owners and leverage, Clark played 15 years in the big league, accomplishing things Fear and Orza could only dream of. But Clark does not have a legal background. And in his one major negotiation, the CBA talks in 2016, the union lost enormous ground agreeing to a deal that effectively fostered soft salary caps and continued tanking. It's a really interesting point. I've thought about this. Dom, I, I've thought, why not 
reach out to Donald Fear. Maybe Tony Clark has him. We don't know about it. But Tony Clark, again, was a former player. He's not a lawyer. He's not someone who's trained to negotiate. Don Fear is. So I do think that was an interesting thought. I had thought about that myself. Um, apparently, Bruce Myers, Clark Fry, a man has been in baseball for less than two years. The perception of Bauer, many other agents, and management officials is that Scott Boris is in a position of high influence right now. And while Boris is the most celebrated player representative in U.S. sports history, he also lacks frontline experience in negotiations that possess such long-standing ramifications for this and the next collective bargaining agreement. Clark Mayer and Boris have stood firmly by an assertion that the late March agreement between the union and Major League Baseball made clear the players would pay their pro rate would be paid their prorated salaries for any games, even without fans in the stands. On the other hand, management contends that the agreement contained an understanding that the question of player compensation would be revisited if there are no fans in the stand. We obviously know about this. We know this situation, and uh, he says the talks have stalled on both sides because of this important point. And if clear-cut language recognized by both sides does not exist, it's the fault of the lawyers," said one agent. The result is devastating. One way or the other, the issue has to be resolved, he says. A question asked by moderates on the player side is who will make a deal? And a question asked on both sides is, is it possible for the owner's side to refrain from the destructive practice of leaking offers to the media? Please, how many times have we talked about this? It keeps coming up. The article goes on. This practice has repeatedly undercut the effort to construct a bridge of trust and shape the perception of owner's motives. This is all stuff we've talked about. After Major League Baseball's most recent proposal was published before it was presented, pitcher Jake Diekman, former Philly, wrote on Twitter, It's getting very irritating that all of the information regarding the start of baseball season is getting leaked before 95% of the players can even see it. Agree. That makes That would be frustrating. Um, only talks about on Memorial Day. Union moderates thought they had conceptual traction and started to build towards a deal with some salary consideration swap for protection in the upcoming free agent class. But because the offer was so stark, the highest paid players were asked to take pay cuts of up to 80%. And because of how it leaked, many moderates thought the owner's offer backfired and pushed the players closer to Boris's position. So Max Scherzer tweeted about that, as we know. Um, thus, 80 days, 80 days after baseball was shut down over the coronavirus pandemic, the two sides are completely at odds. The owner is asking for major salary concessions without being willing to open their books. Mm-hmm. And the union leaders settled behind what might be an unsettled issue, depending on what the negotiated language says. Meanwhile, they're like two second cousins arguing loudly in the back pews during a memorial service. Everyone watching the spat is mortified and embarrassed for them. That sounds like what we said, isn't it? Those, I literally use the word I'm embarrassed. That's the word. He says they have to work it out, don't they? Paul Hembikis, who works at uh, ESPN Hembikides, uh sent along some notes about baseball's financial landscape. One, Major League Baseball's financial proposal would be a big financial hit for the highest earning players, but there is re- that is really a small subset. There were 1,410 players who emeared in a Major League Baseball game uh, in 2019, and there were 124 of that 1,410 who earned at least $10 million. So that's 9% of the player pool. There were 140 scheduled to earn at least $10 million. 40 players earned at least $20 million, which is 3%. And there are 47 scheduled to. Over the past decade, the value uh, is fact two. 
Over the past decade, the value of the average MLB franchise has increased by 300% to $1.85 billion. Hmm. Interesting. The annual contract of the average MLB player has increased about 40% to $4.4 million. Uh, those salaries have stagnated over the past five years. Last one. Baseball's a young man's game. The percentage of players by current service time from 2019 40-man opening day rosters. Zero to one year, 30%. One to two, 16. Two to three, 11. Three to four, nine. Four to five, six. Five to six, six. And then six plus 21%. So once you get past six, it seems like you have some longevity there. Um, if the two sides uh, forge an agreement, and baseball is played in 2020. It will be interesting to see if some of the players eligible for free agency in the upcoming offseason choose to not participate for similar reasons to why NFL and NBA prospects combine uh, bypass combines and bowl games. Concern of short-term risk. That is interesting. I hadn't thought about the potential for free agency. I'm not playing this year because it could ruin my chance to get paid. We see that a lot. Yeah. Let's say a 29-year-old pitcher is said to become eligible for free agency in the fall and is leery about the possibility of injury, perhaps enhanced by the odd work schedule uh, or some performance struggles in a small sample size. That player might choose out to sit out whichever season is being played, opting to take his 2019 resume on the market. That is really interesting. I hadn't thought about it. Um, But, you know, you hope that that is not the reason. Um, and that's where the article ends. Um, you hope that that is not the reason that, that the players wouldn't play. I get it. Look, I understand it. If they feel like um, my financial future is tied up in, in what happens this offseason. Look, I think free agents are going to be in trouble to begin with. But I think when you read that article, the core heart of the article is is how on the precipice of disaster Major League Baseball is. How... The continued inability for two sides to come together could ultimately be the downfall of the sport or at least a major drop for the sport. Again, I mean, there only was, was not mincing words. He talked about baseball becoming a loathed presence in the North American sports scene. He talked about not having a season being the nuclear option Charged language, as they say. Only was not mincing words. He's saying that baseball is on the brink of disaster. What's at stake for Major League Baseball? Everything is what Olney's trying to say. And it, it does. There, there's a lot in there that, that really makes you pessimistic. Again, the idea that, you know, as he talks about, that, that you know, it seems like there's really no, no side that is coming closer the mean you know everyone is is out where they're out and and sticking to it so uh, you know i already felt that it would be a disaster for major league baseball if they don't have a season this year and and only i think sums it up really well uh, you know it would be the worst possible look for the sport if millionaires and billionaires can't come to an agreement over money to play a season to help soothe a country where 40 plus million people are out of work 100,000 people have died. There's civil unrest in this country. And Major League Baseball can't get out of their own way. Millionaires and billionaires are arguing in public, using the media to fight over money. I mean, let that sink in. I know we've said it a million times, but with all that's happening, the time, the unique time we are at in this world, 
And Major League Baseball has owners and players, millionaires and billionaires, fighting over money about whether they will have a season when America couldn't need it more. If they don't have that season, it is utterly devastating for the sport, for its future, on so many levels. And that's scary. I'm scared. Again, I, I, I want baseball. That's all I want. I love baseball. I want the best for baseball, and I want to see baseball. You know, it's not only do I want to see it on my screen, I want what's best for the future of the sport, and it really seems like the future of the sport's in peril. And that's a really scary, scary thing right now. So let's cross our fingers and hope for the best. Obviously, we will keep paying attention to what people say. Negotiation. Is there a chance for, for sides to come closer and meet in the middle? That's what we hope. That's what we pray. And, and we'll continue to follow it. So um, that's where we're at. <laughs> we'll continue to talk about it. That's what we, all we've talked about. It's driving me crazy. But hopefully uh, we'll be able to talk about soon enough something where they finally – Come closer and say, all right, you give this, I'll give that, and we'll make this work, and we have baseball. So, again, fingers crossed and, and hope upon hope. Upon hope. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.